today on Geekdemine Powers. Interestingly, I never ever saw uh, any of our books on the second-hand market. Ne never. Wow. <laughs> I always look for those because it's, it's interesting to me uh, to see when people part with their books. And, and I never saw, because every, every copy had a drawing in it and it made it uh, more valuable for the collector. And uh, sometimes, and like 80% of the time, uh, they had their names put in as well, like to Milan, because, uh, because they, they thought they would keep that book forever. You are listening to Geekdom Empowers, the podcast about people empowered through their geekiness. Welcome back! My name is Guy Hasson and you are listening to Geekdom Empowers. Geekdom Empowers is the podcast that highlights creators and fans in the geek world who do not often get to be highlighted. It's these people, it is us, who make up almost all of the geek world. By talking to each person, by hearing their story, Geekdom in Powers creates a huge, giant, world-sized quilt of the geeks all around the world. Each person is a story, and together we are one story, one huge geekverse quilt. Case in point, today's guest is Milan Kovac, Hungarian collector and indie comic book creator. He will lead us through his origin stories, collector, to how he became a publisher of indie comics and how his knowledge of how a collector's mind works brings about success as an indie publisher. On the way, we'll find out something about Hungarian comics and the Hungarian geek scene. So, let's listen. What's that behind you? That there's a oh, comic yeah. book hanging or what? Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff behind me. Uh, uh, so there's this... Uh bookshelf over there with lots of comics and other mm -hmm. art books and uh, some uh, some stuff from uh, previous conventions comic conventions i went to some uh, uh, press passes you know the 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 lanyards and on the other side uh, over there some uh, art pieces on the wall mm -hmm. uh, even even uh, even on the bookshelf, there are some art pieces. So I have lots of stuff in here. <laughs> this is my workroom, actually. And you collect <laughs> art. I remember that from before. Yes. I uh, Nowadays, uh, not so much comics, uh, but okay. uh, comic art or uh, other contemporary art. Okay. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about, like, what's your origin story? Where did you come from as a geek? Yeah. So... I'm um, originally, well, I don't even know what I am anymore. <laughs> I mean, I used to work in graphic design and uh, I used to love uh, comics as a child. So I, uh, maybe that's uh, where it's coming from. But what kind of comics were in Hungary? Sorry? What kind of comics? Usually, because in Hungary, there was not really a big... Uh, uh, not not very many choices. So usually we read uh, Transformers, Batman, Superman, stuff like that, mm -hmm. because uh, the only other comics uh, were uh, available uh, are Hungarian comics, and I of course I read those as well. There was uh, 
there was a there was a book called Flash, which was a, a crossword puzzle uh, uh, book that was I think it was out in in each week. So every week you you would get like four four uh, pages of comics in that uh, in that kind of book. What, what was and it people... about? Sorry, what, what was, was it about? about? Uh, it's it was usually uh, either a movie adaptation or a novel adaptation, usually Hungarian uh, novelists. Mm. And uh, sometimes they were history, history comics. So usually they would, uh, I don't know, uh, choose an era and then uh, go from there and uh, pick, pick, some, uh, pick some ideas they want to explore and then did some history-based comics of... Uh, Famous Hungarian uh, history people. <laughs> and it was in a newspaper, in a newspaper for kids. It, it, it's and... a, it was a smaller thing, so it was uh, roughly like this size, so it's like uh -huh. A5, and it still uh, goes on uh, even today. It's just uh, it's just a little bit less. Uh, I mean, much less uh, copies are printed nowadays because uh, back then there was not really a a big. Uh, not really a very differentiated uh, market. So everybody was buying that one because there was nothing else available. So so they printed like, I, didn't, I don't even know, maybe in the million copies, but at least 800, 900,000 copies uh, every week. That's, that's a lot of uh, a lot. copies. Yeah. And I think today is like at a maximum 100,000, but... I would say it's more in the, the 60,000 uh, 60, or 50,000 copies uh, every week. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's come down. That's still a lot. I think 60,000 for a comic book. Yeah, it is. Places. It is. It is. For a small country like ours, it's like yes. only 9.5 9 million people, I think, speaks Hungarian. <laughs> That's a huge percentage. Relative yeah. to the buy one comic book. Yeah, uh -huh. that's that's a big. Yeah, that, but imagine when it was uh, printed uh, a million copies uh, every week yeah. for that ten million people. That's that's even better. <laughs> that's that's educating. It's growing. I think it must have been like educational, like you say, it's about history and stuff that well, parents uh, the kids do. It. I. Uh, uh, as for the the graphic design, and I used to work in a. Uh, printing company for six years. Mm -hmm. I actually two years ago I got uh, <laughs> uh, at the at the the I think it was the beginning of the COVID nineteen virus uh, around May. I was let go from the the printing company. I used to work there for six years, but I'm actually self taught so. Um, I used to go to school about uh, programming, uh, like IT, mm -hmm. but uh, I don't do that anymore. And uh, I used to attend uh, an art photography school, but I don't do that either anymore. So I, I don't take photos anymore. But I have this uh, <clears throat> kind of artistic uh, thing in my head. I, I always had that. I used to do paintings, uh, and now graphic design and stuff like that. But 
everything I, I, I learned and everything uh, I do, I, I learned it from, uh, from books and from the internet when it was uh, available. So uh, usually, I, I, I wouldn't say I, I was uh, attending a school that I, I use for what I do today. I, I never learned writing either, so I, I'm 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 this I'm this heathen. <laughs> I think most people most people are self-taught. Uh, in, yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully, I, yes. I believe in self-education. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, let's go back to the beginning of to your sure, sure, sure. In comics. Uh, I jumped ahead. So uh, you were saying, uh, so you saw the you you know Spider-Man and that's why Superman, Batman, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Spider-Man was there as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then, and then I started reading these books. But usually, uh, I seem to remember when I was like eight or or nine, I didn't like reading the actual texts or dialogues or anything because uh, uh, I was fascinated by mostly the the art. So <laughs> even then, I. I always try to figure out everything without reading even a <laughs> even a word. Of course, later I started uh, getting those uh, books again from the from the boxes they were in, and the, uh, and I started reading them in order and stuff like that. But somehow uh, around the I don't know, I think around the end of primary school when I was like. 12 or 13, 14, I started to lose uh, interest in comics. And then these uh, new, uh, even though I, I loved these, uh, I loved the Batman movie with Michael Keaton from 89, even though I was four, four years old, old that time, but uh, I still watched these movies. And around 2005, I think, uh, I started to gain interest because there were these uh, new uh, movies in cinemas uh, like uh, The Dark Knight and before that Batman Begins and uh, movies like those. And I uh, started to renew my interest in comics. I started to buy all the relevant Batman uh, comics, uh, for example, Year One or the Frank Miller books or... Uh, some of the some of the ones that were uh, somehow uh, inspired by uh, these books. The, I mean, the films were inspired by these books. So Dark Knight Returns and uh, Year One and stuff like that. And then uh, I started collecting Batman comics uh, for a few years. But very soon, I think he, even... In like four or five years, I, I, I started to realize that uh, uh, even then, I was a little bit more interested in the art. So I started to collect art. And then that's what, that, around that time, uh, 2009, 10, I started to go to uh, comic conventions. And my first one was, I think, 2000. Uh, I have a, a piece on my wall from that one. Yeah, it's 2010. <laughs> uh, 2010 uh, in Birmingham, UK. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got friends with a lot of lot of really good artists and uh, writers even, uh, and the organizers too. 
uh, at Birmingham. It was called, uh, what was it called? Uh, Birmingham International Comics Expo. That was the name of the show. And that's what uh, started me on this, uh, uh, now I can say, 12-year journey uh, of going to comic conventions all over Europe, uh, UK, and hopefully one day when COVID is over uh, to the US and to other places as well. Hopefully. Hopefully with my own comics. <laughs> Who knows? We'll get to that. But before that, like... When you say, I think you are the first uh, collector in, uh, in in the podcast because I in remember, your uh, no, not, not in history, just in full. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, <laughs> that would be strange. And uh, I remember like when we met, um, when we met, yeah. uh, um, yeah, like, you were you doing like, uh, Goof and Winter with yes. uh, Aaron. Uh, yes. The goose, uh, the, the TPB, yeah. Oh, Elekesh. Oh, Elekesh. I'm not actually sure. Yes, 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 yes. Elekesh, yeah. Elekesh. And uh, you, I remember you asked me for something special. And then I also learned that you asked from the artist, from Aaron, uh, something yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. specific. And that's how I learned you were a collector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that was a... That was a few years ago, uh, a lot of years ago, actually, if I remember correctly, right? It was, a, I don't even know when. I think it was 2014, uh, more or less. 2014, yeah, so that's eight years ago now, yeah. Yeah, I met Aaron, Aaron uh, in person as well. Uh, I, oh. I got to interview him. Uh, he said that he's a genius, yes. Yeah, he, he is, he is, and now he works in... Uh, uh, video game design concept mm-hmm. artist, but in the U.S. actually, he lives in the U.S. as far as I know. And um, yeah, okay. I, I got to meet him, got mm-hmm. to interview him, and um, he's he's a nice guy. But I always uh, thought that he wasn't seeking uh, to find uh, friends in the world, more uh, work in the world. I mean, to to get new opportunities. Uh, and even though he is a friendly guy, I I actually I actually don't speak to him <laughs> anymore because the last time we met, uh, I thought he was uh, too much of a rock star or something like that. At that time, I was doing my uh, small press uh, publisher for a few years. At that time, it really didn't uh, go well with my uh, my mindset at at that day. But what do you get from like I'm asking because you know we we're talking to I'm talking to many types of uh, people in the geek world, and now that you're a collector, what do what is the thing that you get from collecting? Oh yeah, no, that's a that's a really good question. Emotionally, uh, at, th- at this point, uh, it's uh, it's really strange because uh, it has this uh, it has this uh, long road. Uh, I mean, when you it's 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 a really bad an- analogy, but when you start the car and you start <laughs> to 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 get to your destination over the road you have ups and downs and especially if it's a it's a long road 
And this is uh, something like that for me as well, because I used to collect uh, all these characters from uh, books I like, from the, the artists I've, I like who worked mm -hmm. on those exact books. So when there was this guy, for example, I can look on the uh, look on my uh, wall and there is uh, Brian Boland. He was doing a killing joke in the 90s. And, and I, I had to ask for a joker from uh, Brian Boland because that's what uh, I knew from him because that's what, that's what the most popular Batman book he worked on. But, but everybody else was also asking for a, a joker from him. So he had to do like, I don't know, 10, 15 jokers a day. And, and when he handed mine, he said, uh, okay, so this is a new, uh, I, see, I, I still remember, I think it was uh, 2011. He, he said, this is a new, uh, new pose. I worked, I worked on the hotel room last night. And I hope you like it because because I, I, I started hating doing these all the other jokers because they were they were exactly the same head profiles he was doing for I don't know eight hours a day yeah. and uh, nobody was asking from him anything uh, anything else but over the years uh, that's what I was trying to uh, say over the years I I, I started. Uh, uh, getting away from superhero comics and uh, I started following uh, writers mostly and uh, I think that's an interesting transition uh, when you uh, start following uh, writers. I'm, I'm a huge uh, Grant Morrison fan and I started to uh, follow his work. Uh, whatever he worked on I tried to get and read and uh, and over the years, I, I, I realized that uh, I usually like uh, writers, uh, writers mostly, but if they are paired up with somebody uh, who's a really good artist and who's a really good fit for the book, I, I started to get those art from those artists uh, for my collection. And, and in the end, uh, I realized that uh, they're they're uh, happier because sometimes uh, they worked on those books for I don't know 20 30 years ago and uh, to to them uh, even to them uh, it felt uh, nostalgic to to get back to those characters to draw them again and uh, uh, to to feel that there's this uh, I, I I'm not young of course I'm 36 but that there's this younger guy because they're sometimes in the 50s 60s uh, who still reads these books and who still uh, have who, who still has these these inspirations uh, reading my books I did uh, 30 years ago or something like that. And uh, that became uh, much more rewarding uh, collecting for me, uh, collecting art and uh, meeting with artists in person or over the internet like I met you. But uh, in the end, uh, I started realizing that uh, I, I wanted to do my own stuff. And from that point on, I don't really collect uh, art that is uh, of uh, other people's characters. Like, uh, for example, even, I, I don't know, I have uh, 
some of these, uh, I, I don't think you can see them, but yeah, maybe over there uh, in the- The black and the, white one? Frame, yeah, in the back. Uh, some of those are uh, uh, Hungarian comics I liked and the uh, art I liked. And uh, I used to collect those as well. But nowadays I usually only pay or only ask for uh, my characters, which is, uh, which is to me another uh, point of ev evolution in my collecting, because this way, uh, I mean, this way I have some use for those uh, art pieces I get, like uh, paintings or uh, especially paintings I can use for covers or I can use for pinups or I can use for like these uh, small prints I hand out uh, sometimes mm -hmm. at conventions or uh, on Kickstarters or, or whatever. Or, or when I just want to uh, gift somebody a little kid at the convention or at a festival uh, something, I can just hand them out and uh, they'll, they'll be happy and I, I don't have to give a whole comic for free <laughs> but maybe they'll uh, uh, persuade their uh, parents to buy them for 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 them so yeah it's 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 an evolution uh, for sure because i i really got tired of uh, all the batman joker because i honestly i don't even read these comics anymore i i read uh, independent comics and uh, uh, more uh, indie comics nowadays and especially comics uh, that are not the usual uh, type of comics. Like, for example, there is this uh, really cool guy, Fraser Campbell from the UK. And he's, uh, he's a really good writer. And he has these all, all these uh, Kickstarters called uh, Alex Automatic with uh, James Corcoran uh, on, on art. He's a Scottish, uh, Scottish artist. And they are... And they are an amazing team and they have all these, I don't know, six or seven uh, successful Kickstarters uh, for all their books. And I have all those books we, uh, signed uh, in my uh, other room. And uh, I actually love what they built. It's, it's a whole, whole new world they built with Alex Automatic and, and it came from nothing. They're just regular guys like like me, so they were fans even I think. Uh, and and what this uh, what I wanted to say with this uh, uh, to me uh, collecting became something uh, uh, different than when I started. When I started, uh, I used to collect all these uh, comic books as well. Sometimes I. I even have original pages. Uh, actually, I have a lot of original pages as well. And uh, I have the comic next to the original page and I can take a look uh, what's different, uh, what they have to censor sometimes, what they have to redraw that, was, that wasn't uh, redrawn on the actual page. And uh, the, to me, that always seemed interesting uh, to see the finished art with the colors and everything, and to see this uh, kind of uh, in-between art, which is, of course, the original art for the, the comic. But uh, they, used to, uh, they used to worth nothing in the, 
in the 30s, 40s, 50s, even 60s, I think, in the US market, they just threw it away or burned these art. Yeah. I don't think uh, they have uh, original art from uh, De Detective Comics 27 or Batman number one anymore. Or maybe they have, I don't know. I seem to remember there was a, a cover I saw, uh, which was original art, but I don't think it was uh, that uh, that old. They used to treat these original arts as uh, garbage, as just uh, an in-between thing between the finished product and the... Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but nowadays, nowadays it's, uh, it's different. I'm sorry, I, I, <laughs> I really got carried away. <laughs> it's fine. I found that if I let you talk, I get to really deep places. So that's <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so how did you how did you get into doing something for you know that's yours? Yeah, that's that's an interesting uh, thing as well. Uh, it was a uh, 2014, I think. Uh, we were at a Hungarian com uh, comics festival. Uh, in Budapest, uh, the capital. And um, there was this guy, uh, Attila Jager, uh, who I still still work with. And we'll work uh, this year as well. Uh, we already planned some stuff. And uh, he was telling me that uh, what, a, what a strange place Hungary is, because uh, he has all these uh, finished comics, uh, a short comic book collection, and the whole 20-page uh, comic that was never published in Hungarian. And it was like, it, it, it's such a, such a waste because he's, uh, he's actually an art, he was actually an art student back then uh, still. And uh, his art was like uh, nothing I've ever seen. It's not like uh, mainstream art. It's more like these uh, nightmarish, uh, very strange uh, art and he also drew the the stories for those comics one, one is even a silent comic which is uh, to me it's uh, really hard to to do i i always try to do all my comics <laughs> as silent comics and i just uh, add the di dialogue uh, and stuff uh, after actually because uh, that way when somebody just flip through the comic uh, he can still read it uh, without even reading it so in 2014, uh, we uh, founded uh, uh, Giger. Giger, that's uh, the name of, of the, the art style we came up with for Attila's art style. And it's Z-S-I-G-E-R. It's Giger and, and it still uh, goes on uh, to this day because everything I publish in Hungarian, I, it, it goes through that label. So cyan.ninja is for the, for, the, for the international English uh, and uh, hopefully German and uh, so, so on, so on uh, editions. But we came up with this idea and I said to him, because I, I just started working at a printing company, that I, I want to publish these books, but it will be something different uh, because uh, every copy you have to do a little sketch for the, a little drawing for the 
for the customer. And, and I came up with this uh, very exclusive thing, which wasn't uh, expensive because I worked at the printing company, I could print uh, uh, cheaper. And in the end, uh, it, the, the, at the first convention, still in uh, 2014, October, I think, uh, we sold out uh, everything in the first uh, one and a half hours, I think. Everything was not that uh, Oh, yeah. How much, did that happen? Actually. How did that happen? Yeah, it, it, it wasn't too many copies because I, I didn't want to take too big a risk. Uh, so I only printed like 30 copies of everything. Okay. And in the first one and a half hours, uh, Attila said to everyone, I can draw you a quick sketch or something because uh, we are out of uh, uh, the book. And there were these books uh, on each other all, all sold. And he, they were just waiting for him to draw something in them. And it was very funny uh, in a way. And we started to take uh, a list for, uh, for the people who missed out. And we started doing uh, second printings and third printings and fourth printings and stuff like that. So it, would, uh, it wouldn't uh, lose uh, value, uh, where you were, where you were uh, so uh, lucky to get those first 20, 20, 30 copies. And uh, that's how we started. And it wasn't really to make uh, money on these, even though I think we made good money as well uh, as, a, as a totally new small publisher in uh, Hungary. And uh, from the beginning, I started uh, to do all these comics, uh, both in English and in, and in Hungarian as well. So that was from the, the first uh, uh, festival, that was my idea that I don't want to uh, restrict myself uh, to Hungarian language and uh, to those uh, 9.5 million people living in Hungary, but I wanted to uh, have a bigger uh, possible bigger audience uh, with uh, Eight, eight, mil, uh, 8 billion people <laughs> in the whole world. So, so yeah, that was my idea. And that's how it started. And from that point on, I do think we went to every uh, Hungarian convention or comics show or festival uh, that was available. We were always there. And we started uh, building this uh, small publisher who everyone respected because they always got what they uh, what they wanted. They always got Hungarian artists and writers. And uh, even to this day, I think uh, there are, I think uh, I remember last year, some people were still uh, inquiring about uh, those two books I, I, I first printed in 2014. So I, I still have a few copies here. I don't know, fifths or fixed printing. <laughs> I don't even remember because uh, we still have, uh, we still have to have those books because sometimes uh, people just really, uh, I don't know, maybe young people come into the, the collecting or Hungarian uh, comics collecting game and they want to collect all those before. And who am I to, 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 to deny them uh, to own a copy of uh, one of our very first uh, publication? 
uh, of GCAR. So I, I always uh, I hook them up. And, can yeah. I ask you a question about that? Because yeah, sure, it, sure. So it sounds like people are excited to, to buy and to try your comic book. And I'm thinking about the, the scene here in Israel. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case here. There are lots of kids, like, you know, for a country even smaller than yours, but in, in people. Uh, and, uh, uh, and I was thinking, why is there a difference? And I think in Israel, there's uh, the attitude that Israeli writers can't be that good. Like American, uh -huh. Americans must be really great, and so the British, but yeah. local writers can't be that. It's an attitude. Uh, that I remember back from when uh, my first book was published and I had to get that out of people. Do people have that same attitude in Hungary? Actually, they have exactly the same attitude. So uh, when, when we started to build from the, from the very bottom, it mm -hmm. was, uh, that, that's why we had to, uh, I don't know, I wouldn't say invent these uh, limited edition, uh, very limited. Uh, every copy has a, a, a sketch in it. Uh, everything is signed, numbered, etc. cetera. Uh, because uh, we wanted to uh, get people uh, interested in this uh, exclusive stuff. But if we didn't do that, I would say 400% uh, we wouldn't be here today or, or even talk to each other today. Because if, if I didn't do that, uh, I think nobody would have uh, bought our comics. And to this day, even the Kickstarter books, uh, <laughs> I have like uh, 150 packages to, to send out uh, in, <laughs> in my other room. Uh, even the Kickstarter uh, books, I, I personally sign. I, I bring them to the artist to get them signed. And sometimes when there are more artists working on that book, I try to get everybody to sign the book. And sometimes I, I mean, I'm not sometimes because uh, I have this uh, crazy, maybe it's an OCD. I, I, I always draw uh, a, a small sketch on, on each of the copy that I send out. Uh, when we are at the convention, uh, it's everybody laughs at me because I can do these in literally in like three seconds. So like a, bat, a small Batman sketch on my Batman parody book uh, takes me about three seconds, but I it's like a signature uh, at this point because uh, the kid, and usually in the last few years, uh, kids buy comics from us as well. Uh, they realize that they like these uh, comics and it's for them, actually. Uh, they're the, the next generation. And if we don't uh, do anything about the next generation or anything for them, I think there is not going to be a next uh, comic reading generation because these uh, comic movies take a lot of uh, attention from them. It's easier just to watch than to, to, to read and to uh, interpret what's uh, in that book with the art, uh, collaborating with the writing. Let's go back. Oh, sorry. Let, let's go back for a second, because I think 
you know, there are creators listening to this and they also want to be able to reach people. Yeah. Can you explain like a bit more how you did the limited editions part in the first, like when you began? Yeah, sure. sure. So usually uh, we printed a number of books, like uh, let's let's uh, say 30 books. And I, I went through uh, every uh, copy of those books and we always, of course, uh, we didn't pre-sign them. We signed them in front of them because that's uh, a little bit uh, uh, more relatable and uh, more personal. And uh, usually uh, I just numbered them like one of 30, two or 30, etc. And in the end, uh, when we went to the convention, we they opened the doors and people came in and usually people came to our, our table uh, if not first then second or third or something like that because we had these lists with the numbers and if you wanted like for example number 13 because that's what that's what your uh, lucky number was uh, they just uh, came there, paid, and I wrote down 13 is for, I don't know, somebody. Mm-hmm. And then he, we asked uh, him or her uh, if, uh, if, uh, if they have a preference for the drawing or just let Attila, the artist, do uh, everything. And if they wanted to get it personalized, like to Milan or to somebody else, or if it was going to be a gift or something, and, and uh, it always said in our books, uh, if it was first printing or second printing or whatever printing, so that in, in our uh, heads and in the collector's mind, I would say they thought, and I also thought, that uh, these will be more valuable because these are first printings. These are the, the first ever uh, copies I hand uh, stapled, I hand uh, uh, cut because everything was done by me. And that's why, uh, that's why we thought it would work. And it really worked uh, because interestingly, I never ever saw uh, any of our books on the second-hand market. Never. (laughs) I always look for those because it's it's interesting to me uh, to see when people part with their books. And and I never saw, because every every copy had a drawing in it and it made it uh, more valuable for the collector. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes, and like, 80% 80% of the time, uh, they had their names put in as well, like to Milan, because uh, because they they thought they would keep that book forever. And and I I can't see never I never saw uh, any secondhand uh, book on the market uh, of any of our books. I mean it, never. <laughs> Over the the eight years, I've never seen any of these books. Maybe there are some people who who sell these privately, but of course I I, I have no idea what they do privately. But uh, on Facebook groups or uh, resale places, or even we have an eBay like uh, stuff in Hungary. I never seen any of mm. these for sale. It sounds like that because you're a collector, you know how to appeal to collectors. Yes, and that's what I thought as well, yeah. 
yeah that's 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 uh that's how my mind works uh, even to this day with these crowdfunding stuff uh trying to figure out how to keep the attention and how to be uh, how to appeal for people who like this kind of stuff well, uh, how, how do you do it like... then in 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 kickstarters how do you do that in kickstarters yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, I even do that uh, way of thinking uh, in Kickstarters. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So, sorry, I'm talking about no, no. something. I'm else asking again. how how are you doing that in Kickstarters? How are you keeping? That yeah, how how? Uh huh. Uh, it's a it's a complex thing. Uh, there's a learning curve here as well. Uh, we did the, the first uh, Kickstarter two years ago uh, in uh, Ju June, June, yeah, late June. It was uh, for All Star, this uh, book. This okay. is actually the, the Kickstarter book. Uh, I'll great. actually uh, send you uh, a link, a digital link if you, if you like, because yes, I, you. I, I think you saw the book because you commented on it and I thank you for your comments, but I don't think you saw the, the end result, right? No, I didn't. Yeah, and uh, the, even these are the, the first uh, Kickstarter backers in the back of the book. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's a lot of people. It's like, I think it's more than uh, 120 people who it's a gave page money. With three rows of... Uh... Yeah. Oh, three rows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you'll see in the digital version. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, this this is this was the book, and I was uh, trying to figure out what everyone wanted to, uh, what would uh, appeal to collectors and readers, especially that this was our first ever Kickstarter or first ever uh, international book in a way that I I wrote because we published some other stuff, not through Kickstarter, uh, that I didn't write. I just published those. And uh, this was uh, really interesting to me because I, I didn't want to sell any of the original art pages. We had a deal with, uh, with the artist of the book, uh, Steve Fabian, uh, who uh, studied uh, comics uh, in, uh, in the Kubert School in the US. Uh, but he's Hungarian and he lives here. Uh, and I didn't want to give away any of the, the pages. I wanted to have my own original art uh, book and <laughs> portfolio, and I still do. And I, I only sold one page because uh, the guy paid a lot of money to uh, be on that page, and he's an actual character in the book. So that's why I, I decided uh, he can have that page. Uh, but otherwise, all the other pages, even the rejected pages, are in my portfolio. And <clears throat> this was my dilemma, because usually people like buying uh, original pages from the book. They buy the book. They buy a page from it. Uh, the artist signs uh, the page. And everybody is happy. I didn't want to part with any of the pages. So uh, in the end, I realized that we should do some kind of original art for the, for the original art collectors, uh, commission opportunities who, who, for people who like uh, Batman, Spider-Man, uh, characters like those. 
so that would uh, so they would have a chance to get their favorite character uh, as original art. And uh, I wanted to to print a book uh, in a size that was uh, that was uh, how can I say that. Uh, ideal for the printing company as well so i don't have to pay like uh, twice as much uh, money for it being a one centimeter uh, more on the the short side and like two centimeters more on the 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 long side uh, i wanted to find the ideal size so this was a a longer process uh, and in the end i realized that uh, all people want is uh, is uh, uh, is like personal uh, to have to have a, a personality of the book and to have everything uh, uh, personalized to them or when they didn't see something they wanted they could just ask me if if you can do this if you can do that and the in uh, this way, interestingly, uh, it went to uh, the first Kickstarter went to 200%, which was totally unexpected to me. We had 100% in less than six days, I think, less than a, less than a week. That was uh, such a, a rush, an adrenaline rush to me. And I couldn't stop uh, working on promoting and stuff like that. And what what did I do? Uh, I always try to appeal to to different kind of collectors. Like there is a collector type who likes these uh, uh, different uh, covers called variant or alternate covers. And uh, All Star had like a, I don't know twenty different covers because all my friends, all my artist friends in in Hungary and internationally, uh, offered to uh, do a variant cover or a pinup or something oh, for nice. me. Some I uh, even bought. I mean, almost all of them I even bought the original art. So I think only like. Uh, one original light art I don't uh, own from the All-Star uh, book, the variant covers too, uh, because uh, he didn't send it to me yet. <laughs> but he's a good friend. I, I know he will. <laughs> uh, it's it's this guy, actually, I, I showed. This is the, the main cover for, for the English edition. And the, the funny thing is, uh, the Hungarian edition, I don't have it here, I forgot to bring, uh, is a different cover. So there were even some uh, some collectors who asked me I should send them the, the Hungarian version as well, which was really strange for me, but an amazing uh, feeling that they even want to have uh, a book that's in my original uh, native tongue. <laughs> Funnily. So I always try to appeal to different kind of collectors. Like, for example, the original art collectors, uh, they need original art, which is commissions, sketches from artists I know. There was Steve Fabian, Tommy Varga, who was uh, Steve Fabian, the main artist of the series. Erno Juhas, uh, the back backup artist. Uh, we have two uh, origin stories, uh, four pages each. Uh, 
there was Erna and uh, Tommy Varga, who is uh, who is who was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, colorist for years, mm -hmm. uh, for four years, I think. Uh, Kevin Eastman's per personal colorist, and he's also Hungarian. So this is a, a, a totally Hungarian book. Uh, every artist, writer, colorist is uh, all Hungarian. And he's the one who colored the whole book. And that was an, also an appeal to different to other collectors, like uh, TMNT collectors, because I could easily go to those forums or Facebook groups and say that here you have uh, an opportunity to get an original painting by one of the guys who has been working on uh, the turtles for four years. So that was another uh, marketing strategy I had. And this way, uh, I think I built uh, a small audience uh, who could give me as much money that I could easily pay for uh, big name artists even. And I realized that uh, Instagram, Facebook, and all these uh, social media uh, platforms are very uh, important. So I tried to uh, commission uh, those kind of artists who have a big following on like, for example, Instagram. So I found this uh, guy and I think he's not from Israel, but uh, somewhere uh, close to, the, oh, maybe he's from Israel. He's called uh, Idan, Idan Nafo. Uh, and he's a, a superhero artist. But what's the last name? The first name is Israeli. What's the last name? Uh huh. It's it's K N A F O. That's uh, okay. That's his name. So that's yeah, his, but I think, but I think from he he sent the art from Israel. So I think, but I'll I'll send you his link. Yes. And he was a he was a. a he used to go to the same school as Tommy, uh, to the, the Joe Kubert Art School. So he actually knew him. And uh, I found his art uh, completely unrelated. So it, it wasn't Tommy who <laughs> suggested him. And uh, he had this big uh, Instagram following. And he posted these uh, work in progress stuff of the, the cover he was doing. And that also... Uh, gave uh, some people a chance to to know this know about this uh, Kickstarter campaign. So I, I always try to uh, find the things people are interested in, and because uh, to this day I don't even I don't really work on anything uh, else anymore other than comics. Sometimes a mm. little bit of printing jobs or. Uh, graphic designs, but I tried to limit those so I had more time to to write, to prepare these campaigns and to do the uh, pre-campaign uh, marketing and promotion stuff. But at this point, uh, with uh, three successful campaigns uh, uh, after me or before me, whatever it's, <laughs> whatever the, the term is, uh, behind me, behind me, <laughs> I uh, I started to uh, 
think about uh, getting somebody else involved so that I wouldn't have to do everything all by myself, writing and uh, promoting marketing and uh, all the campaign stuff and uh, even the packaging and uh, sending out the, the packages. That's the, that's the, more, more, uh, the most nerve wracking part of a Kickstarter campaign, actually. Yeah. Listen, thank you so much. So, so much insight and uh, stories. That's of course. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. It's, Thank you. I, Where I can love people find you? Uh, the, the, the easiest uh, way to find me is uh, my website, which is uh, still not uh, uh, 100% finished. It's milankovac.com. So that's, that's the easiest way. But I'm on uh, Facebook as well. Uh, if, 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 or any. Actually, anything like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, something per, uh, per uh, Milan Kovac, that's me. So anything really. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, that's uh, everything is me. So great. I'm Thank everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much to Milan. On listening to the interview a second time, I understood a lot more about how he used his knowledge as a collector to create successful comics. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you want to find Milan, his website, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter are in the show notes. Now, next time, because there's always a next time, we return to the world of webcomics in an unexpected way with an unexpected webcomic and an unexpected personal story, of course. So stick around for that. Let me know what you think about this episode. Email me at guy.hasson, that's H-A-S-S-O-N, at geekdomimpowers.com. The website is geekdomimpowers.com on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're at geekdomimpowers, and we're geekdomimpowers on YouTube, where you will eventually get to see this episode with all the stuff that's behind Milan uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks. I upload things a couple of weeks later just so there's interest. Maybe that's smart. Maybe it isn't. Who knows? Anyway, if you want to check to check out my other podcast, The Squash Buckler Diaries, it's unlike anything you've ever read. Whatever you imagine that to be, it's not that. And so uh, feel free to check it out, The Squash Buckler Diaries. I will see you next time. And for now, have an empowered day.